Hey folks, welcome into the Irish Steelers podcast. On uh, the, we're recording this today before Thanksgiving, if you are listening to this in the US or if you're from the US, listen to this overseas. Happy Thanksgiving, hope you have a great time and enjoy the holiday season. Um, jealous that we don't get a holiday season, guys, uh, until another few weeks away. Michael McQuaid, Jimmy English, Steve McKee. Well, we had a little holiday season, a mini one on Sunday um, when the Steelers came to Crook Park in, in Ireland for a few days. Jimmy, we are going to recap, we're going to talk about that weekend and obviously talk about the game and the news has come after it. Uh, first off, how are you doing? You good? I am as good as I can be, Mick, at the minute. I'm not going to lie, it's taken me about the gust of three days to recover from Sunday night. I'm sure you boys are the same. I see Dave taking a swig of water there. We're all we're all a little bit ropey, but um, what an absolute ball it was on Sunday night in Crow Park. Great to be part of such a an amazing event and meet so many, like... I, I, I walked out of the hotel and I saw the queue of people trying to get in or waiting to get in at four o'clock and my mind was genuinely blown. I had no idea how big Steelers Nation was in Ireland. Um, so what a, just, what a great night and what a, what a great weekend for football in Ireland and uh, huge credit to the Steelers for pulling it off. It's mad because like, even though Dave, like just going on what Jimmy said, like we obviously seen people queue up, none of us lads had seen the way the room is going to look or anything. So, I, like, I don't know. Like, I walked in and was like, wow, like, this is nuts. Like, it was just, it was unreal. It was obviously, it was like, Dave, I, I've, I've met Jimmy before a few times now, Jimmy, but Dave, it was good to meet you in, in person as well. And I can tell everybody on the podcast, you boys were in your element, Dave. It was a nice weekend. You're back safe and sound at home now, yeah? Back safe in Liverpool now, but I'd still, honestly, I'd rather be in Dublin. Um, it was... As just just everything Jimmy said was an absolute experience and a half. You walked into that room, you thought you were in a spaceship, like a Steelers spaceship or something like that. It was actually, it was unreal. And as I say, just even getting to meet, you know, Dan Rooney, have a chat with him and, you know, getting to meet legends like Alan, Alan Fanica and, uh, and Santonio Holmes as well. And as well, just having a wee bit of a chat with the, the president of the GAA as well. Like I've, I've done more in the past week, over the past couple of days than I've done in my entire life in terms of, of like meeting people. So... I'd say just getting to meet and chat with a few Steelers fans as well and getting to watch the game. Obviously, the result wasn't what we were wanted, but, you know, we just reading uh, a piece that Jimmy put up earlier on in Gaelic Gridiron. Uh, he mentioned about, like, it didn't, what, not one bit did it actually soil our, our spirits at all. We just got on with it and, you know, uh, it was just sort of, sort of something we could celebrate. And, you know, as I say, it's, 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 it's weird being back here. Still doesn't feel like it actually happened, but yeah, it's, it was an amazing night and, um, it's it's one step, you know, closer to hopefully, you know, a, a bigger one in sometime in the future. So yeah, it was it was amazing, and um, obviously getting to meet you guys for the first time in person was great as well. So, uh, can't wait to get back over again, and hopefully it's not too long. It's a nice wee picture of us as well. I'll try and get it on the artwork of this podcast at some point. And yeah, I agree. It's it's good to be earlier on, Jimmy. The um. Jimmy, just just the weekend. I mean, I guess sort of for people listening, maybe they weren't aware of some of the things that were going on before the event. And the Steelers came over earlier in the week, and they had the opportunity to to go to Croke Park to to sort of tour Croke Park with Antonio Holmes, Alan Fanica, and the guys. Obviously, Don Rooney as well. And I know the guys went to the Epic Museum to learn about their history, their culture, and it's funny because like they done a serious amount of stuff in such a little time, but. Um, I, I don't know, like, I guess maybe it's just because of where, well, just where all we're, like, where we are all from. But it was really, really cool to see. I was like, this is just, like, no other team has this. And I think that's what makes it so special, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there you could. Re- it, it wasn't just a you know kind of a one stop event for them. They were really committed to to seeing the entirety of the Ireland, uh, the entirety of the island, even in the entirety of Ireland. Uh, and you, you could, their I suppose you could their their vision for Ireland shone through because their commitment to expanding America's football here, you know, developing the youth aspect because obviously that's going to be so important for America's football in Ireland moving forward is develop is getting younger younger sports people into the game uh, but also in terms of building a fan base for the future you could really see that that was what they were at a little bit um and it was really kind of a, a, a holistic trip for for um for the entire organization for the t- the two legends that came over and you, you could see that Antonio and Adam were really getting into the uh into the GAA into the spirit so not, oh, just just an incredible Incredible historic weekend for for NFL in Ireland, and look like like we all kind of discussed. Hopefully, that it's it's not a one off event. I don't think it will be. We can kind of see, um, we can kind of see that the groundwork has now been laid for bigger, even bigger, and even better in events in the future, and maybe even a couple outside of Dublin. You know, maybe one down in Cork or or up in Belfast, just to, to spread the Steelers' love a little bit around Ireland. Um, great to see them in in just just go north as well playing a royal county down and seeing it uh, it was actually on, on, the, on the day we're recording this on the local news as well so it's just a, a little bit surreal in a nice way and Dave Jimmy's bang on like Alan Fanica was going around having the crack this this is the thing Santonio and Alan were literally walking around the place having the crack of people I think you don't see that in many fan, like I, I've been to different team fan events um, in the UK and you don't see that now, that that's not a knock it off for teams it just seemed more personal. It was just good crack. And I have to say, folks, on the podcast, people listening, these two guys were going nuts. doesn't matter what was happening during the game. Like, Jimmy, I've never seen someone as invested in the game in my life, mate. Flying. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's like you said, they were just, they were just, they were literally having the crack. They were going around. They were interacting with fans. I went, I went down to uh, one of the, the other parts of the, of the, the gigantic room in Crow Park and I spotted San Antonio. I mean, he was, he was sitting there eating his eating his food, ch- chatting to fans. I mean, just what two? You, you couldn't ask for two more down to earth guys. And you, it's like you said, Michael. Sometimes former players come to these events and they're they're working for the team or they're contracted by the team, and you know they're on. You know they're they're not. Or they're there, but they're not really there as such. These these you know these two guys were a fair play to them. They were just so patient and so engaging, and like it really really added to the the overall experience, I think, for fans just to be able to interact with their heroes, you know? Yeah, Dave, I, I, I've i cut you off there, but f- feel free to give your shot as well. Did, did Alan or Santonio sit down beside you at any point? Or? I was I was just about to say, every time, you know, I, I sort of scanned the room and I seen, it's hard to miss Alan because he's such a big guy, but every time you seen him, he had a pint of Guinness in his hand, he was chatting <laughs> away to the fans, you know, he was he was just loving it. And Santonio is just, as, as Jimmy said, um, with I think a lot of the, the chat about San Antonio was obviously the the Super Bowl catch, you know, uh, back in in two thousand and nine, and I think obviously we had fans from all over the place, and um, there was there was a few Cardinals fans sort of you know crying and saying, "Oh, why did you do it?" And San Antonio was just proving, "Well, look, I had to do it. I'm a Steelers guy." So it was just it was it was so surreal, and just being in that sort of in that room with so many stars, and as I said, with some of our stars. You got to get up on stage and chat with Aiden O'Shea, you know, who's a, a massive, you know, icon over here. And it was just, as you say, it was just one of those things where it still doesn't it still doesn't seem real for some reason. But 
um, as I say, it's a pinch me moment and getting to speak with them too, you know, Steelers legends, you know, a Hall of Famer like Alan Flanagan, you know, surefire Hall of Fame in, in San Antonio Holmes, hopefully, and it's just one of those things where it's, 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 it's bizarre, but it was just such a great honour and actually getting to chat with them, you know. I loved it. And, you know, I, I, I'll say it because I said it to people, like, I, I've been lucky enough to go to, like, Super Bowls and stuff. I, that, that meant as much, if not more. I loved it. Like, yeah, the fact it was at home, you know, it was unreal. Yeah. Like, it was, like, it was really... I mean, from the moment you walked in, you could see that they had gone all out. I mean, you literally were walking in the entrance hall and you may as well have been in Pittsburgh. I mean, it was black and gold everywhere. And there was a couple of nice touches as well. The way that pregame, they had a couple of shout outs from, from players on the team. You know, Pat Fryermer did a shout out. I think Jalen Warren did a shout out. And the fact that, you know, there was, there was, the fact that it was broadcast to Steelers fans in America as well, the fact that they were able to see that, um, you know the, the 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 passion and love for for Steel, that's you know that Steeler Nation have in Ireland. So I look just from start to finish, just an absolutely brilliant evening. And like like Dave said, I mean I I still don't I still can't believe it's over. <laughs> I wish we could do it every weekend. To answer you, I don't think it would get any less fun if we did it every weekend during the season. Now it might be we might be uh, we might be wrecks, absolutely wrecks. We couldn't do <laughs> that level of partying every weekend. I certainly couldn't anyway. Um, but no, just like oh, like what an absolute ball we all had, you know. I am just I'll jump in here. I used to sort of take the piss to go on that I used to get autographs at the start of this show. Um, now that I've done a sort of short stint on CBS in America, my DMs <laughs> are flooded with people looking autographs. It's crazy, like you know, the fact that I was actually that was surreal. It's crazy. Like, like, we were all sitting there watching that, and it's like, oh my god, like you know, amazing. Oh, uh, it's just that. Hard to put in the words, but yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we should give it. We should give a shout out, Dave, to um to our two fans that came out to us looking for a picture afterwards. I mean, that's it's not every day you get that happening. So, <laughs> Elf and Dave might be getting a big head over here, uh, over here, Mick. But like, honestly, like just um to everyone who does listen to the podcast, really appreciate your support, and it was great to meet some of you on on Sunday night. And hopefully, it's not the last time that we that we get to engage with 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 Steelers Nation in Ireland. I guess the I guess the one thing I'll say, and I'm sure we'll keep referencing this for the rest of the year at least, is um just the thanks to the team, just the thanks to the, to the Cedars for um first off this podcast, but but more so that like that event was just it was incredible. And when you when you know you've people like I've been talking to people this week that aren't even NFL fans that have mentioned it, and you're like, right, this has clearly made a big impact, and we we, we we've seen it. So I think you know we've talked for 10, 15 odd minutes there. We haven't even mentioned the camp on Saturday. That was great crack as well. There was just so much stuff going on and props to them. And as they said at the end, I think Dan said it towards the end, um, it's the first, you know, watch this space. There, there are, there's more to come. So very excited for it, boys. And no doubt we'll all meet each other again very soon. Um, let's talk about the game. It Look, it wasn't the best game. Let's just put it out there. Uh, Steelers, I think, you know, look, I think I think all of us wanted to get a win after that and, you know, to move to, to, move to seven and three in the season. And Jimmy, it just it didn't happen, man. That was like the only thing I would yeah. see from Sunday was the game. Um, we will talk about obviously the firing of my Canada in a few, in a few moments, but I guess sort of staying on the game for just a second. Um, it's it's sort of six and one half, and this and the other same sort of thing. Couldn't get the ball down the field with Kenny. Like there was the the sort of the efficiency in the run game of Jalen. Najee had a couple of situations where he got the ball, but he wasn't that efficient with it. Ward really really led the team. 
And there was that bit of in, there was that bit of inconsistency to an extent, big time on the offense, because you really really felt that if that defense can hold the Browns to thirteen points with no with Minka not even on the field, you think to yourself, well, should have won the game. And it feel it feels like a missed opportunity, but but we'll but we'll we'll obviously talk about the firing and in a few minutes and look the, the team will go again till six and four in the season so like obviously like there's a lot of things to improve yeah i mean it's like Najee harris said after the game Mick. you could look at it two ways you, you could say oh we're six and four you know we're still okay we still have a chance or you could say we're six and four what the hell is kind of going on here and i think i think you're right i mean there was like i think the offensive issues came to a head on sunday night where it was just how poor they were and how inefficient they were i mean Kenny, okay, he struggled with with inconsistency on passes this year, but he was fl- like he was flat out unable to connect with receivers on Sunday night. And then when you had the run game basically getting st- stimmied apart from you know the fantastic the fantastic performances Jalen Warren had, I mean, it was just you could see that they were, they they completely took away the passing dimension of the game, and that put us in a bit of a hole. Um. So yeah, like it, it was tough to watch. I mean, fair play to the defense. They did. We, I mean, we knew it was going to be a tight, low-scoring game. It typically is with the Browns. Um, but when you have a backup quarterback that you're playing against, you have to be able to capitalize that. And I think that's the Steelers failed to capitalize on the opportunity on Sunday night. And obviously, we saw the results. Uh, we saw the result yesterday. And look, I don't think any of us are surprised. Um, I, I think it was a long time coming. I think something drastic had to happen to try and salvage this season i'm beginning to regret a little bit my my recent bold prediction about a about afc championship game so uh let's let's not dwell on that anymore but overall i mean look the one bright spark was jalen warren on his his fantastic 74 yard touchdown russia i believe and um, and that, like, that was the lone bright spot in, in that game there was an interception of course on defense like there had like Defense is consistent, but something something has to happen on offense, and I think we saw that with the um with the with, the, with Matt Canada being let go during the week. Just to jump on Jimmy's point there, Dave, when the touchdown did have an old with Matt, I was like, we're winning the game. Zero. 17-10. 17-13. It didn't happen. And let's talk about the firing in a second, just from the game you've seen yourself. I was disappointed on the like you know just because you sort of felt like one or two scores, one or two things to go your way, and that's all you needed in this game. But it just didn't happen, man. And we've seen the sort of the fallout from that since. Yeah, and you know the the Jalen Moore touched it. Even the, at the sort of the start, it was a bit. We were very sluggish out of the blocks, as we're expecting. You know, let's you have to give credit where credit is due. That their defense is it's the best statistically, the best unit in the league this year. And um, it, it was it was a very slow start, but that Jalen Warren touchdown sort of sparked us into life. And honestly, I think we managed to turn the ball over in the fourth quarter. I think with that with that interception, my thought of God, we we're surely going to win it here. Just get a field goal, and that'll be enough. But it just didn't work out like that. Um, just as Jimmy said, you know, there was a few times on on Sunday where honestly I, I thought we could have been done for intentional grounding. Kenny was just throwing it to particularly absolutely no one in wide open spaces, and it just. He just didn't look to be on the same page with his with his receivers at all, um. But as you know, if the, if we can just sort of lie on that about Jalen Warren, he's just proven to be an absolute. If there is going to be a positive out of this season so far on the offensive side of the ball, it has to be Jalen Warren. I mean, he's just been 
I think he was was he the best or he was the best running back in in the league on Sunday. Like I know that's obviously not something to shout about, but at the same time, like it's just proven to be someone we can rely on, and I think he has to be running back number one going forward without without a shadow in a doubt. And um, you know, it just didn't work out the way we wanted. But as I say, you know, we we didn't let us sort of dampen our spirits. You know, we it was just such a momentous occasion, and as Jimmy said about you know the the firing and stuff, as I said probably was probably was a long time coming but at the same time now it gives us a chance to reset and it gives us you know a clean slate and now we can go in against the Bengals on Sunday against the uh, backup quarterback and hopefully we can obviously put things right and that's hopefully what we can do Bill there's still time to save the season I mean we still have a winning record we're still in the last seed currently in the AFC so if we can right the ship if somebody can take if somebody can get Kenny Wright you know, not have the offense be as predictable as it has been. I mean, you know, I was sitting beside Twist on Sunday night and he was calling the plays before they even happened. So, <laughs> um, but though I think that they're that this 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 is a good thing. I mean, this gives us a chance now to go out and play against the Bengals and hopefully, you know, clinch or clinch some sort of playoff spot in in. I mean, it's December next week, boys, or in a, like ten days' time. I mean, it's getting down. Gary Biscuits, but it's getting down the stretch. We'll be we'll be sitting down in, in about four and a half weeks' time, watching the the Bengals in, on December twenty third. So now, at least I will be anyway. Um. So yeah, no, I think it's it's time now. It's it's business time. It's getting down the stretch. Let, let's let's um, yeah, let's just support the boys as best we can for the remainder of the season. Um, Jeff Reinbold talks about this time of. Talks about this time of the year is when you get your knives out for turkey. Certainly, that that's when it starts getting business. Going to hopefully get Jeff on. I want to. I've been leaving this until a big part of the season. Maybe trying to get him on before that Bengals game. Uh, and I know that Owen Murphy seems to be very happy to get on for the Ravens game. So that could come up in the next few weeks. Shout out to Owen who did text on Monday saying it looked unbelievable. And he's a massive Ravens fan, so fair, fair play to him. Um, look. Lads, I concur with everything you're saying. And like, look, before we go into the firing, let's hear from Kenny. Let's let's hear from TJ just in terms of what they thought about the game. And we'll go from there. And like I said, also the first couple drives, maybe the communication was a bit of a struggle. Was that um, tough for most, especially given the environment to, to get guys set and you had new guys at different places and you feel like things settled down after that? Yeah, it just took us too long to settle down today. Uh, once we did, it felt like we handled the run pretty well and uh, we were able to make some plays, but it just took too long to settle in. TJ, what were you able to see from Michael Walker's first game out with you guys? I mean, I thought he did some good things. It's too early. I don't really, I'm not able to analyze anyone's play right now. I only know um, what just transpired for myself, so I'll have to look back at the film and see how it went. But uh, overall, I felt like, I mean, we held him under 100 yards rushing, which is a goal. Um, but we still need to find ways to create more splash, get off the field quicker, and uh, provide better field position for our offense. Anything between the first half and the second half that you guys did, obviously a lot more effective in the second half at everything? I think it was just continuing to hone in the communication. Um, when you have that many new guys, it's just a matter of calming down and, and just getting in the rhythm of the game. And like I said, I think it just took us too long to get into the rhythm. Um, but once we did, we were able to play relatively effective football, obviously not enough. It seemed like they were trying pretty hard to not put uh, their rookie quarterback into tough situations. Is that frustrating when it seems like the ball is out quick a lot of the game? 
Yeah, we have to stop. I mean, if, if he's able to just convert five-yard throws all day, that's an issue as well. So um, teams have been doing that this season. Um, it's just a matter of stopping it so they're not able to continue to do it. In the last series, the straight out, the miscommunication with DJ on the deep ball. Yeah, we had a couple miscommunications, um, you know, something that can't happen. we got to get it ironed out, obviously, uh, especially in a, in a moment like that. We had some earlier in the game. Is that a little concerning that it's this late in the year and mm-hmm. it come up? Say again? Is it a little concerning that it's this late in the year and it It's always concerning whenever, whenever it comes up. You don't want to have that. Um, you know, we just got to get it worked out. Hey, what's the confidence level in yourself right now? Always confident in myself. It's an ultimate team game. we got to come together and figure this thing out. What do you feel like was – was missing, especially early, that you had, had had the last couple of weeks? Uh, you know, some chunk plays to help us flip the field. Um, you know, we need to stay on the field, be better in third down, but chunk plays definitely help there. Did you some have- of the missed throws you had, I mean, there was an overthrow, especially to Deontay. Is that a miscommunication on the route, or was it something the Browns were doing defensively that was Yeah, really- miscommunication on the route. The plan not to take very many deep shots? No, the plan was they play a lot of man-to-man. They didn't play a lot of man-to-man today. So they threw, you know, a lot of zone looks at us, different zone looks. Um, we were expecting them to come in and play man. Um, you know, we got to adjust better. I know you weren't getting the chunk plays in the past game, but Jalen Warren was giving you some chunk plays. I mean, what you, uh, you know, how much do you need to get one to get the ball in this game? Yeah, we need to continue to get it to him, whether it's the pass game, the run game. Um, you know, the guy always makes plays. So it's awesome to have 30 in the backfield. Steeders. Obviously, the big story after this watch party for us, after the game on Sunday for us, Jimmy, has been the Steelers firing offensive coordinator by Canada. Um, it's been a storyline for a few weeks in terms of how the offense is playing, to say, to say the least. You know, it's been it's been a talking point, and I think it's the first time the Steelers have made a move in the house since 1941, which shows you sort of the significance of the moment for the team. Yeah. Um, I guess just sort of your thoughts on that, but also... It, it feels like a massive two or three weeks now for Kenny Pickett as he tries to learn under a new OC, a temporary OC, in the sense of it's reset a little bit for this offense and go from there, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a massive... I don't think they're going to do... A, I mean, obviously, it had to happen, right? Something drastic had to happen in order, in order to salvage the season. There's only so much covering that Tomlin, Mike Tomlin could do for Matt Canada and just the absolute mediocrity that the offense has displayed this this season so far so obviously you know like I said something drastic and that and that was Matt Canada being let go but I don't think a huge amount is going to change I mean you can't really completely hit the reset button in the middle of the season I think what needs to happen is just more creativity with the play calling and trying to get our receivers open somehow I mean Deontay Johnson came back and he was fantastic but neither himself or, or Pickens were anywhere to be seen in terms of receptions or, or big plays on Sunday night. So I think it's going to try. I think, I think a more balanced approach to the offense is needed. I think we have to use the running game to open the passing game. Cause as you see, when, when we just rely on the running game, we, we, we typically, typically get shut down because teams know that, the, that a run is coming. So I think between the, between Mike Sullivan, who will be, will handle the, 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 uh, the play calling duties. And um, I believe our running backs coach, uh, coach Faulkner is going to be, offense organizing the the logistics side of it um yeah hopefully they can they can get something done and jumpstart the offense before it's too late Dave listen to a bit of Baldy I I, I love Brian Baldinger and he was saying you know just in terms of my Canada look at the run game it's so good 
So like I I feel it from a bit, but I can I can understand the move. It's as Jimmy said, it's it's time to try and save the season. Do you feel that guys splitting the OC job can come in and change Kenny Pickett and the way that he plays in such a short period of time? Because that's that's going to be the biggest question mark. And you're going into a game against the Bengals team where we don't really know what we're going to see from the offense with the backup on Sunday. To be honest, Mike, I think we're we're we'd be very naive to think that everything's just going to change with a with a um, a coaching change. And as you say, you know, this is the first time we've done it in what is it like eighty years, something like that. We've ever done an in season coaching change. So shows you sort of what sort of organization we are. We think very hard about you know what we what we tend to sort of do with like between the week one and between week seventeen. So. It's it's bright. It would be naive to just think we're going to change everything. Like the offense still has a lot, a lot of work to do, and it's not going to change all in one week. But at the same time, hopefully now with this change, that Kenny will now sort of see have a bit more fluidity. You know, throwing the ball as I say. You know, the the, the run game at the start of the season it was very you know hit and miss, and now it's our best. It's our best to like it's our best sort of component. You know, on our offense. So, um. As I say, you know, a change probably was coming. Like I mentioned it on the on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, every other thirty-one other teams in the league have had a four hundred yard game. I've had at least two, and Steelers haven't had any since Matt Canada was hired. So, you know, the sort of stats speak for themselves, and something had to change. So, I think we would be naive to think it's going to change all in one week. But at the same time, it's fresh start, and you know, it gives us something to sort of salvage the season. Like I said, you know, we've got the Bengals this weekend. Joe Burrow's out for the season, and and it's 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 a good opportunity to sort of put things right. Let's look into that game, Dave, just starting with you, mate, this weekend. Obviously going up against the Bengals and for the Steelers themselves, losing last week against the Browns. I guess the key is just difference on that offense. Get to 25, get to 30 points against the Bengals team that are going to be lacking confidence with that backup. We, I mean, for me... Dave, I want to see an offense going out with a bit more confidence, a bit more sort of pulled down the field. Yes, it's great to have a good run game, but you want to have that confidence when you're looking at Kenny that you feel like he can wing it down the field. Or even, he doesn't have to do that, even get 10, 15, 20, 25-yard plays down the field. And look, it's not just on him. I watched Monday Night Football the day after the the Steelers-Browns game in Dublin, I was watching the Eagles against the Chiefs. There was times when you seen Patrick Mahomes, for goodness sake, struggle getting it down the field with certain receivers, even Travis Kelsey struggled. So it happens every quarterback. Hopefully this week, Dave, is the week that we see it. I just, What are your thoughts, as we said, sort of midweek ahead of this Bengals game? You're, you're, you're spot on there. Like um, with, with Kenny Pickett, you know, Kenny Pickett seems to be taking most of the blame here. And it doesn't surprise us because it's sort of the leadership intangibles he has. At the same time, the receivers have got to get open, and you know, if they're open, Kenny's going to hit them. And as I say, we're not asking for, we're not asking for much here. We're not asking you to know, be throwing 80, 80 yard bombs down the sideline and for touchdowns and stuff. That's not what we're asking. We're just asking for you know your typical yourself. The, the Kenny we were getting in the start of the season, that was hitting his receivers, wasn't turning the ball over. That's really all we're asking for. And realistically, if we can put that together against a Bengals team without Joe Burrow, then. I think we shouldn't have a problem. So, as I say, the run game, the defense, if they can continue to step up and obviously just get that passing game in another sort of lane this week, we're not play, we're not facing the 
the best defence in the league this week. We're facing a Bengals team that isn't great. So let's just go out and have fun and hopefully, fingers crossed, we're going to come out with a win in the end. Jimmy, you were very vocal in terms of your confidence uh, pre-last week and I love it. Continue to bring it, man. Um, are you still very confident? Like, Look, one loss is one loss. This team still has a lot going for it, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think it was the nature of the loss, Mick, that kind of deflated me a little bit. I mean, Sunday, it was it was so bad. Like, we were sitting there with our head in our hands going, what is going on here? So I think with the with the firing of Matt Canada, I think, I mean, we always see it in the NFL, right? A starting cornerback gets injured, the backup comes in, and the backup has a fantastic game. Uh, everyone is lifted up and everyone kind of rides a wave of positivity and change. And I think we're going to see a similar effect or a similar, at least I hope we are, with with a new offensive coordinator. Not necessarily a change offensive scheme. I think just a, it'll be tweaked to open up more opportunities for for the big plays that were that were lacking on offense. And you know, some I think that's that's what we need is we need more consistency, more kind of like Dave says, 15, 20, 25 yard completions, those kind of chunk plays. I mean, that's I think that's that's all that's all we need to. to to be competitive, at it, of course, to open up the passing game. I mean, we have two of the best receivers in the league, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, and they're not being utilized at all as much as they should be. So let's rectify that. Let let's get some balance on offense. And look, let's let's see if let's see if um the change in coaching in in coordinators has, has any sort of effect. Game is in Cincinnati this weekend, and I have to say, boys. While it's on at a nice time for us, it's on in the early window, the six o'clock window in Ireland. Love to see us play Thanksgiving this year. Just you know, Thursday night. Do you like Dave? Do you feel like the players are like? Do, do you think it's an issue for them sitting on Thursday itching to get on the field, or do you think give them a bit of a break for a few days? Because I, I'd love to see them like go up against a Dallas or Detroit on Thanksgiving, regardless of what happened last week, man. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of those where. You know, we get to actually watch the Thanksgiving games pretty early on. You know, we got the two early ones and then the one late one. I think when was it the last time we played in Thanksgiving? We we went down to Detroit and we actually beat them. I'm pretty sure it was that we had the killer bees, and that's sort of giving me flashbacks of you know pure joy. But at the same time, yeah, it's I say as the players aren't probably buzzing to be playing on Thanksgiving. They'd probably rather be home with their families. But at the same time, you know, it's it's another week in the NFL and you've got to show up no matter if you're playing or Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. So. It's it's one of those, and obviously anybody listening in the US, you know, happy Thanksgiving, and you know, I might have a turkey myself. I'll, I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> well, at the time of recording, you can listen to the Bengals against the Steelers on Sunday on OTB Radio off the ball. You can also watch the game on NFL Game Pass on the Zone in Ireland and across Europe. Jimmy, give me your pick. I'm taking the Steelers to win by seven points. I said 26 three or 26 or 27 six. I got hounded for it on Sunday, so. I'm going to say the Steelers on by seven this week and we get out of town. Seven and four, I take it, man. Seven and four. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with a Steelers win myself, Michael. And I think I'm going to have to go. Yeah, I, I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm having a hard time doing maths on my head right now. It's 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 been a tough weekend, but so I'm not going to, I'm going to go 24-20 Steelers. I think we're going to get more points on the board than we have. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think Jake Browning is going to come out and do okay um, in in Joe Burrow's absence. I mean, we have to capitalize on these on these opportunities. I mean, we had a massive one last week against a backup quarterback, and look what happened. It it, it blew up in our faces. 
So hopefully we have a better outing this time around. But yeah, I'm definitely going with look. I can't stop picking the Steelers now. What what would the listeners say if I suddenly if I suddenly <laughs> turned around, especially against an AFC North rival? So yeah, no, it's Steelers all the way. I mean, I'm, I'm going to die on this hill this season. Steelers all the way. As I say every week, they full house. <laughs> yeah, full, full house again. What a surprise! Uh, no, but we. Yeah, I'm I'm going twenty seventeen again. A low scoring one. I can't see. You know, I, I want to hope that we. You know, I'd love to see us put up forty points, but I just don't think it's going to happen. But the Bengals aren't going to put up forty points either, and I, I have a lot of confidence in the defense to step in and do their job as per usual. So twenty seventeen, and as I said, take that to the bank. Take it to the bank, gents. As we said, you can listen to the game on OTB Radio this week, and we will be back very soon with another edition of the Irish Suiters podcast, most likely uh, on Monday next week. If you do have any questions or want to get some feedback from either the game, the watch party, whatever, please do use the hashtag Steelers Ireland. We're at Steelers Ireland on X and on Instagram. Do check it out. But for now, lads, here we go. We're going to go 7-4. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. Chat to you soon. Here we go.